that we're done with that, we're going to jump into the teaching. The glory of God is the manifest beauty of his holiness. It is the going public of God's holiness. So when God's holiness goes public, that's the glory. When people say, man, the glory of God fell in this service, it was his holiness going public. It, it, was, it was the secret place becoming the public demonstration of God's power. So when, when Pentecostals and Charismatics say, man, I just want the glory of God, what they're actually saying is I want his holiness to go public. And, and as a matter of fact, if somebody said it was the glory of God, but then they lived a life of sin after that, it wasn't the glory, it was an emotion. Because the glory of God is his holiness going public. And what is holiness? Holiness is when you take something and you separate it. Holy, another way of saying holy is separate. Let me give you an example. It's a designation. Come out from among them, T-H-E-M, which is plural, and be ye separate, which is holy. And so watch this. It's like, Samson, you are a Jew, so genetically you're like them, but you are at being asked to take a Nazarite vow. It's the separation that is the designation of holiness. It's like, hey, you're wearing champion, and they're wearing champion. You're wearing Adidas, and they're wearing, but you've come out among them, and you're separate, and so therefore you've chosen a life of holiness. Come on, they turn up by drinking, smoking, but then you turn up by drinking the new wine of the Holy Spirit because you've come out from among them and you're separate than them. You're separate in your attitude. When they're down and depressed, you feel the feeling, but you don't surrender to it because you're holy. You're, you're, your emotions, you've designated them. You said, I'm going to choose this day whom I'm going to serve and I have access to the joy of the Lord. Holiness is separate. It's not the absence of the feeling. It's the presence of a designation. It's the presence of being separated. It's the presence of a holy mandate on your life. It's why you couldn't be like them no matter how hard you tried. It's holiness. That is the glory of God. It's why you were in the middle of the club and all of a sudden you felt the anointing and the Lord told you, get out of here. Come on, you shouldn't be here. It's why you were in the middle of the act with that person. And I'm Talk, you know what I'm talking about. And something inside of you is screaming, get out of the bed. You should not be here because holiness has been beckoning you. There's a high calling on your life. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So the glory of God is the manifest beauty of his holiness. It's the going public of his holiness. John Piper said that when you try to describe the glory of God, it's more like describing the word beauty than the word basketball. Basketball has clearly defined rules. Basketball has clearly defined mechanics, but describe beauty. See, the, it's the holiness of God is this infinite expanse that although we try to define it, we will always fall short within the confines of language and human experience. Oh, come on, somebody. So when we say holy, when we say glory, I'm going to try my best to define this for you. But let me tell you a quick story. And this will be great for V1 Indiana. I was a pastor, young pastor in my 20s in Portage, Indiana, where we now have a building. Matter of fact, I would drive past that building every single week to go to the other building right around the corner where I actually served as a youth pastor. 
And our youth group began to grow and grow and grow. Eventually, we had over 150 kids. Most of them, and I attribute this to my lovely wife, Julie, who had a vision to physically go pick them up into trailer parks that were all around Portage. So church growth for me is never going to be an excuse. Because we, we would go physically pick these kids up. We would actually raise money and, and congregation members would hand us cash so we could go fill up that van and we can go drive. Even some of these trailer parks were actually in the woods because they were beyond beyond. And it's hard for you to understand, but they didn't even have running water or any utilities. It was just a trailer in the middle of the woods and we would pick those kids up and bring them to church. And I remember one Wednesday, every Wednesday we had youth. It was a weekly occurrence. And I was trying to build a youth band by training all these musicians among these kids who couldn't even afford instruments. They couldn't even afford instruments. So we were getting them instruments and we're teaching them. And it was such a pure worship that came out of these kids. They had nothing. And uh, I remember one week, I said, well, I'm gonna join you guys on stage. And I broke one of my guitar strings. So now I have a five string guitar and I got, and I got this ragtag band of trailer park kids who don't even have running water in their house, in their trailers, who are playing these instruments. I never knew I'd be preaching about this story in front of this many people across all these campuses. But what began to happen that day, and again, this could get me canceled by a lot of pastors to talk like this, is I started playing those five strings and you know that song is like, holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Remember that song? With all creation I sing praise to the King of Kings. So it's like me and these ragtag trailer park kids doing that song with a broken guitar. And I just kept saying, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Same thing you guys see me do every single week. 20 years ago, I'm doing the same thing. Come on, let's keep going. And all of a sudden we switched because remember, it just takes a little bit of time. These kids, systematically abused, trauma, all kinds of horrific acts, cigarette lighters put out on them. They would come to me with burns, cut marks all over their body, smelling, Every week we had to go through the lice and the infestation of fleas and ticks all over these kids. And that was our youth group. And all of a sudden we start singing that song. And I'm telling you, I used to wear contacts back then. And all of a sudden I thought to myself, my contacts have frosted over, you know, when you, you know, when your eyes start getting blurry and I'm looking around. And I'm like, there is a fog. Then I start thinking, well, maybe the building's on fire because there's a fog that's rolling in. And I start getting worried about it. And I, all of a sudden I see from the back row, the, the, those kids start going down, like literally falling over. And as the fog rose through, rolls through those kids and they started going down all the way to the point where it got to me. And then me and this whole band go down in the spirit. And we're all laughing hysterically. We're all crying. I rolled over, took my contacts out, and I can still see it. I'm saying on the microphone, do you guys see what I see? And everyone's like, we see it, we see it. And they're laughing and they're crying and the Lord's ministering to them. And I'll never forget that moment. It was one of the most sovereign moments of my life. And I've often asked the Lord, what happened? Will I ever see anything like that again in my life? But you know what it was? The Bible says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And there was, there was 
there's no way I could scholarship enough counseling for all of them. There's no way I could undo the years and years of trauma. But the Lord divinely came into that place. His glory rolled in and he was healing. He was touching. He was restoring. And I don't care if nobody believes me. I've got too many people that are alive today who will tell you about that service. But what's my point? My point was trying to define what happened is simply impossible. The Bible talks about the glory of the Lord like a weight. And you know, back in the day when you have hot wax and you put wax on a letter, then they would use a signet ring and they would press that ring into that wax. And then when they peeled it off, it would have taken the formless wax and now it becomes a symbol of the name. That's partly how I could describe the glory. It's like he, he melts you in his presence. And while you're humble, while, while you're, while you're, while you're on your knees, while you, while you're rolling around the stage, he just melts you down. And then he takes his signet ring and he begins to put the weight of his presence down on you. And he begins to hold it down. And then when he releases, all of a sudden you've been marked by his name. You can never be the same. You've been shaped by the weight of his presence. That's the glory. So last Sunday, when those services have kept going. I'm never going to apologize for being that kind of pastor because I know when I look behind me and I see a whole worship team that's going down in the spirit, the Lord is melting them so he can reform and fashion his name into their identity. It's just, and for those of you who are watching and all the haters and all the YouTube heresy hunters who still don't get it, let me just tell you, according to a recent YouGov poll, 67%, that's nearly two-thirds of all Americans believe that they have already experienced at least one of 13 paranormal experiences that they were polled about. So it's like these pastors are trying so hard to normalize something that will never be normal, but then two-thirds of all Americans have already experienced one of 13 paranormal experiences, and here's what some of them were. Hearing an unexplained sound or music hearing the voice of someone who wasn't actually there, hearing, feeling a presence of an unknown energy or seeing a spirit. Nearly two thirds of all Americans said they've already experienced that, but we're too afraid to let the Holy Spirit do the work in the church. It doesn't make any sense. Let's look at the scriptures together. The glory of God isn't just a feeling. It's not just an event. In, even in the Old Testament experience, it is a spiritual tsunami of everything contained in the character of God. That's why it's so hard to even preach this sermon. I waited six years to talk about the glory of the Lord, just like I waited six years to talk about the, the brides, the, the virgins, the 10 virgins, because these things are harder to explain. The glory is literally translated in, in many texts, heavy weight, okay? And so look at Acts chapter seven, verse 55. This is new covenant. But he being full of the Holy Spirit gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. What did he see? It's, a, it's an almost impossible question to answer. And so when people say, well, you were at V1 last week. You were crying. Why were you crying? I ask people that question all over the world. It's very hard for them to even answer it. 
You know, why? I don't know why I'm crying. Are you happy? Yes, but it's more than that. Are you sad? No, but sadness is coming out of me. It's just because when you receive God's glory, when God's glory begins to manifest around you, it's like even Acts chapter 7, verse 55 says, being full of the Spirit, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. Watch this. So the presence of God through the Holy Spirit is both on the inside of him and something to behold on the outside of him at the same time. It's a mystery. So it's like I'm both filled with the Holy Spirit and his indwelling. I am being filled with more of his spirit and I'm gazing upon his glory all around me. It's like you are completely and totally immersed and saturated and there's no VR headset that will ever compare. There's no Disney ride experience. There, you, it is not, it's both inside the realm of your five senses and in another dimension that far exceeds it at the same time. And that's why the glory of the Lord and, and, and pre Preachers have just resigned to the fact that since I can't understand it at our church, we'll never do it. And then when you step into the realms of what I'm stepping into our church, they think I have a lower intelligence than them. But the truth is, it's not the presence of your intelligence. It's the presence of the Lord that melts your intelligence down and says, will you give me permission to be God because you've been trying so hard to take my spot? So, so the glory, I got to go deeper. I got so many scriptures. Let's look at Exodus chapter 24, verse 17, Exodus 24, 17. So now we're going to the old covenant. It says, so the nation of Israel saw the glory when God came down to meet them on Mount Sinai. And it says the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain. Think about that. They're looking from a distance and they see this fire on the mountain and they're saying that the sight of it is like the glory of the Lord. How many of you want to have this Mount Sinai experience where people look from a distance and some friends that used to know you say there's fire on the mountain. I don't even hang out with them anymore, but the glory of the Lord is in their life. I, I, they could never get sober on their own. Now they're living right. I, they could never, they were always sleeping around. Now they live in fidelity. There's fire on the mountain. It's something that other people can see. Those same people that saw the glory melted down their earrings and melted down their precious jewelry to make an idol. So it's, pop, it's possible that even idolatrous people can see the glory in your life. Sinners should be able to see the glory on your life. Sinners should be like, I don't even know what they're doing, but I know something shifted. I know something changed. I, they must be praying. They, I, I don't know because what happens is a city on a hill cannot be hidden. A light, you, you hear, you see what I'm saying? There should be something that the light in the darkness and they, they look at us. And they know it's the glory of God. We were in Miami and I looked at this young man shaking, physically trembling while I was talking. We found out later he wasn't even a believer. His friend invited him. Aren't you grateful for Holy Ghost hijack? His friend, and he was, he was dealing and struggling with so much stuff. And I brought him in front of everyone. I began to pray with him and sweat was pouring out of his body. Tears were coming down. And he was like, what is happening to me? You don't even have to know God to be able to experience the glory. It's got, we need to be carriers of the glory. It's not enough to say I accepted Christ and have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The next step is I want to be filled with more of the Spirit. And then the next step, part three I'm bringing you into is I want the manifest glory all around me so that even sinners can see it. Oh, I'm trying to provoke you, y'all. 
Come on, Lord. Habakkuk chapter three, verse four says his brightness. This is Habakkuk trying to explain the glory. You know, Mike Signorelli's trying to explain the glory. See, men have endeavored to explain it. It just falls short. That's why I'm giving you all these scriptures. His brightness was as the light. He had horns or shafts coming out of his hand and the, and, and there was the hiding of his power. And so even trying to explain the glory, it was like there were shafts of light just shooting out of God's hands. It's, it's just, this is the best we can do. Habakkuk chapter three, verse four, his brightness was as the light. It doesn't even say it was the light. It said it was just as the light, which means I can barely, it almost was like a UFO. It, it almost was like this this spectacle, I can't hardly explain. It was like, see, they're trying to put language. Exodus chapter 13, verse 21. The same glory that raised Jesus from the dead was manifested as fire by night and a cloud by day in the wilderness. Was the fire by night actual fire or was it like fire? It's hard to define these things. Was it a cloud or was it like a cloud? See, like when, when I, I'm trying, why am I saying this? Because people right now are doing ayahuasca. People right now are doing these different alternative forms, DMT, because they want to have these experiences. Why? Because the devil's not a creator. He's a counterfeiter. I met a man in Miami, handed me a double thick wad of hundreds. And, and, I, and he did it in front of everybody in the room. He was wearing a breaker's tee, by the way. He was one of the breakers. Never met him in my life. I said, why are you giving me this money? He said, I used to spend this much money going to Costa Rica to to do ayahuasca. And I was doing alternative experiences. The least I can do is sow this money for V1 Church. See, I'm telling, because the devil's not a creator, he's a counterfeiter. And so you've got Joe Rogan podcast reaching countless millions of people. And, and one of the main themes is hallucinogenic experiences, but it's a counterfeit because people are craving the glory. They don't know it, but they're born. Their body is finely tuned for the desire. It's in them innately. They know the Bible says, if you never hear about God, you will know he exists because you will even look in nature and you, your being will bear witness. He has to exist. Woo. I got a little bit more and then we're done. I'm going to give you three things just to end this sermon that you can do to actually experience the glory. And I, I prayed, I said, God, when I preach this sermon, let it stir up a desire in them. When I preach this message, let it create inside of them. I want to, I want to see this. Number one, pray for the glory. Romans chapter eight, verse 18. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the what? The glory which shall be revealed in us. So there's glory that's revealed outside, but there's another kind of glory. That's the glory that will be revealed on the inside. So what, what the, what the apostle was saying in Romans chapter eight, verse 18 is like, I consider the sufferings at this present time are not worthy to even be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. So how do we deal with sufferings? We begin to celebrate saying this is another tool God will use to unlock more glory 
glory on the inside of me. And so when we suffer, it's different than the way the world suffers. When they suffer, they're saying, man, I don't know if I'll make it through this. When we suffer, we say the glory is getting ready to be activated on the inside. It's getting ready to be revealed. There's deeper depths of glory that I have not encountered. And the only way it will come out is if I get this diagnosis at the doctor's office. It's if I get the pink slip at work. It's if my spouse walks out and don't come back. There's things that happen in life. We suffer, but the way we suffer reveals what we believe about who we serve. And so if we're serving him, we're celebrating, say, there was a glory I couldn't know or understand until you abandoned me. There's a glory I couldn't activate until I lost my job. And I learned that he's my provision and he's my source. There's a glory that was not revealed in me until I went through it. And so I suffer differently than you because I am one that knows the glory of God. So pray for the glory. Pray for the glory. The best thing that ever happened to me is when my dad left me because I learned I had a heavenly father. There was glory that was activated. The best thing that ever happened to me is when I had to struggle through alcoholism because there was a glory that was revealed to me in it. See what I'm saying? Number two, prepare for the glory. Prepare for the glory. See, when there's a preparation, my daughter had her sweet 16 yesterday. Pray for me. And she prepared for that. For weeks, she was putting on experimental makeup. She'd come downstairs. Dad, what do you think about this? I put some glitter over here and some dots. I'm like, I don't do makeup. It would be weird if your dad even understood what I'm looking at right now. You know, she began to prepare for that. You know, she wanted a party bus to go through Miami. And then when we ordered the party bus, I I had this thought in my mind, what if it's just like a 35 seat school bus and it's lame? So then I'm like, you need to prepare, Bella. We might go in there and we might have music on our iPhones and flashing our flashlights around, you know? Um, So prepare. There's something about preparation. I remember when I first started dating uh, Julie, I remember preparing for those dates. Come on, somebody. Uh, I, I probably had half a gallon of cologne on me, brushed my teeth three times. I had mint, you know, at the time I had hair and I'm trying to manage all that air, you know? Um, but there is a preparation that you do. Does somebody know what I'm talking about? But the preparation is always connected to the expectation. I must say it again. The preparation is always connected to the expectation. See, if I, I, I expected that me, me and Julie are going to be cuddling on this date, so I'm going to smell like I'm worthy of some cuddles. The preparation always matches the expectation. My daughter, she puts makeup on, but it was a different kind of makeup with the, because it was a different expectation for her 16th. See, when you expect the glory, it's a different kind of expectation. It's a different kind of preparation when you expect the glory. See, when I was up here in front of all of you last week and I was tarrying and I was delaying the next transition, that was an expectation that produced a preparation. I was preparing you. I kept saying to our congregation, it takes a little time. It takes a little time. Some of you were so religious and so dry that you were looking at me like I was crazy. And I pushed through that because the preparation was connected to the expectation. And then when it happened, first of all, I was like, thank you, Lord, for meeting me at this place. But secondly, I was like, Lord, thank you today 
that you showed them your glory. So let me give you this. Romans chapter five, verse five. The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given to us. He was given to us, the Holy Spirit. So do you know that there are degrees of glory? This should excite you. There's degrees of glory. There's different levels. My daughter Bella's in MMA right now. And she, come on, you should be afraid, men. Anybody think about dating my daughter? You got to get through both of us now, I guess. We're both going to fight you. But she, you know, they have the belts and then the belts have colors and then they have stripes on them. There's degrees of it. And that, that excites her. That makes her, oh man, I want to experience greater degrees in MMA. So when there's greater degrees of glory, if you want to experience the fullness of God's glory, you have to prepare your spirit for the degrees of glory. How do you do this? Some of you are thinking, well, we fast, right? Well, maybe, maybe, but I will tell you, and I'm going to give you an answer you don't like. To prepare for greater degrees of glory, you must learn to walk in love. It takes faith to operate in love. The highest degrees of faith produce the greatest dimensions of love. Oh, I'll say it again. The highest degrees of faith produce the greatest dimensions of love. Because when you look at somebody in your family and you say, I can't even stand this person, you're lacking in faith for that person. But when you say, I see them being transformed, I see them repenting before the Lord, see higher degrees of faith produce greater dimensions of love. The reason why I have the Father's heart is because when I interact with someone, I do not see them as they are. I see them as they are supposed to be in the Lord. And that produces, people will tell me, Pastor Mike, why didn't you delete somebody off of your team? They backstab you. They got about you. They tear down everything you're trying to build. They diminish V1 Church and everything you're creating, even though tens of thousands of people are getting saved and delivered. Why are they still on your team? And I tell them the same thing. You cannot say you're like Jesus until you intentionally recruit a Judas. And keep Judas on your team. Remember, Jesus never canceled Judas. Judas hung himself. And so I'm not in the business of cancel people's calling. They'll cancel their own. I'm in the one of calling people up to greater levels. And that's holy. I've picked people and put them on my team. I've licensed them. I've given them position and title. And the other people have thought I'm crazy. But higher dimensions of faith always produce greater measures of love. Always. Always. And then they have to live according to that standard. So walk in love. Galatians chapter five, verse six says, walk in love. And the, and the more love you walk in, the, the more the degrees of glory you experience. That's just what it is. It should break your heart when you see different people. Jesus, when he saw the crowds, he was moved with compassion. Many preachers today, when they see the crowds, they're moved with arrogance. Look at how many people I can draw. Look at how many people like my posts. Look at how many people listen to my sermon. When Jesus looked at a crowd, he was moved with compassion. Why? Because he was operating in the highest realm of glory. Whew. Last but not least, number three, walk in the glory. So pray for the glory, prepare for the glory. Now walk in the glory. Now, why did I pick that language? Because you're going to want to stay in your prayer closet because it's so good but you can't keep the glory in the prayer closet. You got to learn how to walk in it. 
Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says it like this, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. So the glory of the Lord, it looks for a dwelling place. The original house for the glory of the Lord was the tabernacle, but under the new covenant, the Holy Spirit builds a temple inside of every believer, but it is a mobile temple. It's a mobile tabernacle. Everywhere you go, his presence goes. Everywhere you walk, his glory goes with you. First Corinthians chapter three, verse 16 says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? Okay. So everybody stand to your feet with me right now. This message I believe has hit its mark today. It's hit his mark today. What? Okay, let me bring it home for you because we're about to pray here in a few moments. You know the feeling you get when you're at a V1 church service and these drums are being played and the keyboards being played and the guitars are being played and it's that song for your season that you're in right now that every lyric narrates what you need to be saying to God and you're just up in a euphoric state. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Why? This is a visible and physical manifestation of, of the temple right? And you know what I'm preaching and something starts vibrating on the inside of you and you feel like you're going to cry. You start squeezing your chest and you know, you start feeling your eyes welled up. Some of you, you your legs start charging up and you want to jump to your feet because I'm saying something. It feels like we're just ringing the bell. You know what I'm talking about? Take all of that and more. And it lives on the inside of you through the glory. The thing is, you just have not accessed it yet when you're outside of this room. <laughs> Everything that you love about a V1 church encounter lives on the inside of you, but you have not accessed that realm of glory when you leave the room. Oh, come on. I know it's quiet, but it's possible. This is why when I take showers, it sounds like a V1 church service because I'm the tabernacle. And when I'm scrubbed up and dubbing the, the temple, you know, you got to wash the temple, right? You got to clean it up. I'm speaking in tongues. This is why there's times where I'm walking down the street and I'm praying in the spirit and I completely forget who's around me, you know? And because why? There's times when I'm driving and the Lord begins to move because I am the temple. I have the, the, the kingdom is inside of me and I'm trying to access and unlock realms of his glory through that. So right now across every campus and every everybody watching online, we're going to begin to pray. And I want to lead you now just in a few moments of prayer, because I believe that you can pray for the glory, you can prepare for the glory, and then you can walk in the glory. I believe that your children can actually be falling over in the hallways of your home because the glory of God is there and they can't even stand under the glory. I watched some of you, you watched your kids speak in tongues last week. It didn't have to happen here. It's just that I provoked it to happen here. You can provoke it to happen at your home. There's nothing that I've ever done in any church service that can't happen in your living room because the truth is it happened first in our living room. That's how I learned it. I never served under a pastor that facilitated it. I found, we found it. The Bible says the kingdom is like a treasure in a, in a field that you trip over it. You stumble and you discover you've just amassed all these riches and you sell everything you have just to be able to keep it. 
That's the kingdom. I can't tell you how many times we would start praying in our living room and all of a sudden the glory of the Lord would come in. We felt like we were rich. There was no carpet on the ground. There was rats and mice running around the house, but the glory of the Lord came in and all we saw was fire on the mountain. See what I'm saying? And so what happens is Instagram, YouTube, the phones are putting visions in front of you. We're about to pray that you see more of what the Lord wants to give you vision of than what the world wants to give you vision of. Because whatever you have vision for, you'll run with it. But the Lord wants you to run with what He wants to show you, and it's all within the realms of glory. So let's just begin to pray right now, okay? Father, I thank you across every location right now that we are gonna begin to pray for the glory, that we are going to begin to prepare for the glory, and that we are gonna begin to walk in the glory. We are gonna pray for the glory, we're gonna prepare for the glory, and we're gonna walk into the glory. We're gonna pray for the glory, we're gonna prepare for the glory, and we're gonna walk in the glory. We're gonna walk the streets in New York City and Portage and Hobart and Hammond. We're going to walk the streets of Long Island and Amityville, North Shore and South Shore. We are going to walk in the glory of God in Targets and Walmarts. We're going to walk in the glory of God every single place we put our feet. We're going to walk in the glory in Miami and California and Canada. We're going to walk in the glory. And Father, I thank you that this is the call to God's people to carry the glory everywhere they go. Come on, just stay in this atmosphere right now. If there's anybody here across all of our locations that wants to make Christ their Savior, and you're saying, you know what, I don't know, I don't even know him. I've been to church services, but I don't even know that I am the temple of the Holy Spirit because I've never received Christ. Would you just lift your hand if you want to receive Christ? Just lift your hand as a sign. Here I am, Lord. Save me, ransom me, fill me. Come on, we're going to pray right now as a church for every person with their hand raised. Some of you might even be watching from home. Just lift your hand up because we are about to bring the first degree of glory into your life, which is, come on, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Church, let's say this together right now, and then we're going to sing and worship. Everybody say this with those who are receiving Christ with me. Say, Heavenly Father, wash me with your blood. I thank you for the cross, the perfect sacrifice for all of my sins. I surrender my life all to you, Jesus, my Savior, my Father, my King. I belong to you. Show me your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together and let's celebrate. Show me your glory, Lord. Amen.